It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. We are officially here. GetStuckOnSports.com. Dennis Stuckey along with uh, Brady Beaton. Yeah, we kind of did a show before, but but this is the actual show. Episode number one, Dennis. We finally got here. Um, it has been a very stressful couple of weeks, but I'm glad we're finally recording our first official Get Stuck on Sports podcast number one. If you guys missed our introduction podcast, basically we cover Blue Water Area sports. Uh, we're going to talk about any team in the Blue Water Area, the BWAC, all the St. Clair County MAC teams, Cardinal Mooney, the Greater Thumb Conference, all those schools uh, we'll mention. We'll talk about if they're doing things worth mentioning. But the schools we're going to cover in live play-by-play, Port Huron Northern, Port Huron, Marysville, St. Clair, Marine City, those are the games you are going to get on our stream live on GetStuckOnSports.com every Friday night. And then in the off season, well, the other seasons, we're going to do boys and girls basketball, hockey, baseball, and softball. And so we'll keep it busy. Uh, we'll keep it uh, local sports. You're not going to hear about the Red Wings here. You're not going to hear yep. about the Li- who wants to hear about the Lions uh, after that first debacle. Uh, you're not going to hear about any of that stuff. We're going to keep it about your Huskies, your Big Reds, your Vikings, your Saints, your Mariners, your Muskrats, yeah, your, your Blue Devils, your Pioneers, your Bulldogs, your Green Devils. That's 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 what we do here. Um, yeah, then that's what I've been doing for years. Uh, and Brady, I think you're going to find the more that you do it, the more that you're going to enjoy it. Oh yeah, I mean the the little bits I've been able to dip my toes in the water with you have been have been a great time. But yeah, I mean, kind of enough about what we're doing. We have a lot to get to. This is going to be a football preview. Fall uh, football preview edition, uh, six weeks we have to talk about. We're going to go in-depth through the five schools we cover the most. We're going to talk about the BWAC, talk about the GTC East uh, near the end. You know, Dennis, I know you have your top ten for the year coming out. Brady was too cowardly to do one, but that's okay. We'll we'll talk about it when we get there. (laughs) Preseason polls mean nothing, and I don't like them in college football. I don't like them in high school football, but Dennis Dennis wants to do them, so uh, we'll do I, them. I, I figure if we're, if we're going to do something, let's just start from the uh, the beginning, and these things will change as the year goes on, and this will give an opportunity for people to prove me wrong, and I know everybody out there loves to do that. Yeah, we're going to have one podcast in, and people are already going to be yelling at us. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. The, then we'll know that they're listening, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. So we'll we'll get this thing rolling. We'll talk about our five big schools uh, first uh, in uh, just a moment. So uh, hang in there. This is the uh, Tri County Get Stuck on Sports podcast with Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. The Frells family calls their land greener pasture, and they maintain it with ease on their John Deere One Series tractor. The Frells family runs with us because this is more than just land; it's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a One Series tractor for just ninety-nine dollars per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free eight five five six three three two three one five. Stop in today to one of Tri County Equipment's ten locations: Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette. Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, and electrical tools, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that include abrasives, automotives, ballasting lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals, and lubricants. It additionally provides conduits, contract hardware, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, tapes, and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell, located at 2975 Pier Road, Port Huron, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Darn tootin'. Let's get to some football. All right. Since you insist, uh, let's let's start up to the north with Port Huron Northern. Mm -hmm. Uh, Larry Rollins has, uh, I think, done a great job with this program in a short period of time. You you think about where the Huskies were just a few years uh, back, uh, Brady. Um, They were just not getting it done. Larry's gotten in there, and he's gotten results right away. This is a team that now consistently makes the playoffs. This is a team that uh, now consistently wins league championships. They won a league championship last year. Uh, it was, mm-hmm. the what, the third or fourth straight year they made the postseason. Uh, he's doing a great job up there. He's might, this, this season will probably be his biggest test because he's got a lot of turnover. For the last three or four years, they have had a core group uh, that have been terrific. He had a four-year starting quarterback in Clink. Mm-hmm. He had a terrific running back. Theo Ellis is one of the best-kept secrets in the Blue Water area for the last few years, and, and I don't know how he could have been a secret to anybody. He ran the ball so well. Um, they had a great receiving core led by uh, James DeLong, and, of course, Everybody knows the Braden McGregor story. Right. Here's a kid that's going to be playing for the University of Michigan. Had his pick of colleges. Yeah, uh, when and if the Big Ten ever plays football again. Uh, Braden will be there right in the mix uh, at U of M. Those are going to be some tough losses for the Huskies. So who's going to come up and fill those spots and fill those roles? And how long of a learning curve right. will it be for the guys that are coming in now. I mean, you hear people talk about it all the time with not being able to do as much face-to-face stuff, not doing the seven-on-sevens in the uh, offseason, kind of limiting that. That hurts a younger team. Someone has to replace a lot with Northern. But just for a minute, I want to go back. You mentioned what a good job Larry Rollins has done the last four years. So you said they made the playoffs four straight times, correct? Yep. Before this streak started, so from their existence – to 2015, they had made the playoffs three times. And won one playoff game. Yeah. So they went from a school that, I mean, basically since the turn of the century had had two, three winning seasons to now they are kind of a perennial power. They are, I mean, four years, that's enough that you've had an entire class go through. It's not just oh, you had a good crop of athletes. Now you're proven we're here to stay, but this is going to be a big test for them, like you said, with a lot coming out. and with, Everyone knows with corona it's been hard to, to practice normally. and Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see week one at Lakeshore what they can do. But if you look at it, too, the streak started with a young team. So there's no reason not to think that uh, if the talent is there, that Larry Rollins can keep things rolling with this new group. But, it, the, yeah, the, the fact that the season is shortened um, is kind of a wild card in itself. Well, and you know they're going to continue their playoff streak since yeah. everyone makes the playoffs. Yeah, they're in. So, I mean, you can use part of your season here to prepare yourself for that playoff experience. Right. And that's going to be an interesting thing we see as the season goes on. How are teams going to kind of manage that knowing they're in the postseason? Guy gets banged up a little. Maybe you don't have to play week six or nine, whatever you want to call it. Maybe you, you hold them out. You kind of give them that rest day. Yeah, I think it, it all depends on just how you look at a league championship. And if you have an opportunity to win one, I think most schools want to win their right. league. So but and, I you believe know, that all factors the, in, into what you're doing. All the MAC schools, that last week is the crossover. The first five are their league games, and then that last game is the crossover. I mean, Northern, for example, let me pull this up right now, I believe is at Cousineau, yeah. which they are in the gold, aren't they, with St. Clair? Yep. Which we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I mean, yeah, Port Huron Northern, I think out of our five teams we're going to talk about is the biggest question mark. I don't think you – there's – I mean, outside of, like, 0-6, I don't think there'd be a record you'd be surprised at. They they have a tough schedule. I mean, looking at it, Lakeshore, at Lakeshore, Sterling Heights, Lons Cruz, Port Huron, Frazier, Cousineau, 
is there really a gimme? I mean, Lance Cruz has been the weakest of those schools. And then the other ones have been up and down. Well, here's here's the thing. I think that there will be a slight drop-off, but I still think Port Huron Northern's pretty good and will be pretty good. And I bet you that team that takes the field on Friday will not be the same team that takes the field the first round of the playoffs. This team's going to improve week to week, and that's going to make a difference in a short season. You almost have to treat the first week or so like a training camp because that's that's what it is. Sorry. Uh, the Crosstown Rivals are Port here and High. South side. Yeah, I think this is a big year for the Big Reds. I, I thought they really came on uh, last season. I think the, the playoff wins were really important to this uh, program, and, and I expect a little carryover into this season. They're probably disappointed that, uh, that COVID happened and they couldn't get this thing off the ground running in week one uh, and, and have their, their normal season. But I like the Big Reds. There's always a lot of talent uh, there. Of course, uh, may, maybe uh, you're a little biased about their head coach. So I'll say Ryan Mullins, again, another guy that's done a heck of a job with that program. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, when, when you've got some Chapmans and stuff, yeah. you expect success. And they got it. Well, And they got it. So, uh, you know, yeah. the last couple of years they haven't been as dominant. But I think they made big strides last year. And they were a fun team to watch play football. They've got guys that are explosive on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and Some big boys up front. Oh, too. some big boys up uh, front. Their, their defense doesn't get talked about enough. And, of course, that's in part uh, us media types, especially me. I like my offense. I, I like to see the ball thrown down the field. I like big chunk plays. Uh, I like running backs ripping off 15, 20 yards up the middle. That's exciting for me to watch. The Big Reds had plenty of that last year. Uh, this is a football team. I like them. I, I, I like them in uh, the, the blue. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, they challenged last year with Northern in Lakeview, uh, and I think uh, that uh, they might be the favorite going into this season, well, not knowing what Lakeview is going to have. I, I think Lakeview is going to be good again. Well, they ultimately got the last laugh, beating both those teams in the playoffs, getting their second district title ever. But we talked about Larry Rollins. Just, let's go over uh, Ryan Mullins' resume. And, again, let's be transparent here. Ryan Mullins is my uncle. Uh, I, I went to Marysville. Uh, I know my dad teaches at St. Clair. I have – like, you can say I have bias for anyway. So, I, <laughs> I'm going to do my best to keep this as, you know, out there as I can and be impartial. But, yeah. So, if you want to say I'm favoring one school, you can probably find some evidence to support why I would. <laughs> but Mullins takes over in 2007. They had missed the playoffs the previous two years. He made – he did not have a losing record until 2015. He made the playoffs every year but one, and the one year he didn't, he was 5-4. and four. Struggled a little bit in recent years. I mean, a 5-4, and 4-5 four, four and five seasons, but bounced back in a big way last year. And one of those 5-4 uh, and four seasons, they still won their conference. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were conference champs. He is, I mean, I believe now he's the longest-tenured coach in the area. Yeah. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with uh, Coach uh, Glodich, uh out this year at uh, Marine City. Yeah, he was um, up there. You know, you had uh, Bishop come in a couple of years ago uh, to replace Nesbitt in St. Clair. Uh, oh, he was there for a long time. I believe he get, took over in 04 or 05. We were talking about this just the other day. What, the Vikings have had like four coaches since 1940 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, since 1950 they've had uh, him, Braun, Vigna, Kaza, Meyer. Five yeah. coaches in like 70 years. Because we were talking about Marine City, how they've had like four coaches in 50 years. Yeah. But, yeah, the Big Reds, I think, are going to have an unbelievable team this year. I think they are probably the favorite in the blue, like you said, playing the same teams Northern does their schedule, looking at it. They open with Frazier at Lance Cruz at Lakeshore. That's a Saturday game. We'll be at that one. Uh, Northern on a short week, Sterling Heights, or at Sterling Heights, I believe. I. Maybe at Sterling Heights, maybe at home. We don't know. We've had p two different people yeah, tell we've us had two different two things. Yeah, two people tell us two different things about that game. But, but they're playing the Stallions on the 16th, and then they finish against Roseville down there. I would – I'm expecting 5-1. and one. 
at worst. I think they have a lot of talent coming back. This group of seniors has been playing together as sophomores. Um, they've learned to play together. They've learned to win together. And I think they're hungry from last year. I don't think they're satisfied with the district title. And I just uh, I want to anybody listening to this that uh, doesn't have access to get into games this year, um, mark it down October the 9th, stream one, get stuck on sports.com, Port Huron High, Port Huron Northern, Crosstown Showdown. Uh, folks, these two teams played two of the best football games ever last uh, season. The regular season game was amazing, and the playoff game might have been even better. Um, and, uh, again, with, with the COVID and, and with the way the MHSAA has to police things this year, um, only two people per student athlete. So it won't be the big crowds that they're used to getting for these games this year, but uh, we can give them a big crowd uh, on the, uh, the stream because we'll be there calling that game. Uh, and that'll be a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm already uh, – week one isn't even here yet for us. doesn't come till Friday, and I'm already on October the 9th thinking about – It's going to be Red a quick Sussex. season. It's going to be a quick season. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, get here fast. But you want some stats for this big red defense that's, I think, going to be better than last year? Two shutouts last year, four games in total where they gave up less than seven points. Through the first three games last year, they had given up a grand total of 12 points. Yeah, the, they're the, gonna, they're gonna be a good team this year. They're they're solid, and uh, like I say, they, they can because their defense can score too. Yeah, they're, they're dangerous there. Their special teams can score. They're dangerous well, I there. Mean, you have, they can return kickoffs and they can return punts and they can make big plays and get points. Uh, and then their offense moves moves the football, uh, and uh, and they had a good mix last year. Um, when McKay came in there, they started to throw the ball downfield uh, and get big plays that way, and uh, and they can run the football. Yeah, and you got guys getting college looks on this team. I know Noah Kendall has a lot of offers from uh, D2 schools. Has a, I believe Valparaiso has offered him, uh, Jay Smullins, and I want to say Finney was also offered from that team. Like you have guys that are getting next level looks, and this might be the most college talent they've had on that team since that 2011 team. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Sky's the limit for Niger Finney. He is so fast and so athletic, and can do a lot of things for you. They they put him out uh, as a wide receiver, and then bring him around in motion and give him the ball on jet sweeps, and he can take it to the house. Um, he can go deep on you. And take, you can throw it underneath, and he can then just outrace guys uh, to seams and, and get down the field. He is amazing, again, on kickoffs and punt returns. Anytime he gets the ball in his hands, he's one of those guys that you go, okay, here we go because yeah. something can happen here. Yeah, you better get some hang time on that punt. You don't want to give him space to move. And, I mean, all the guys we mentioned are all on their defense still. Yeah, that's the other part about it is, is that they're, they're great on either side of the ball. On paper, I don't see a game that they would be an underdog in. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for the uh, the Big Reds. Um, I think this is going to be a a good year for them. All right, um, let's take a look at uh, Marysville as well, uh, because this is a football team that a year ago, uh, when when we talked about them, there wasn't a whole lot of hope or optimism, and this was coming out of people from Marysville that, that I was talking to that that have followed the program very closely they're like oh geez we're not going to be very good this year and then look at what they did they won six ball games yeah they went to the playoffs with a team that wasn't supposed to be um very good well i'll tell you what um they weren't that bad were they and now you've got zach meyer coming back as a second year starter at quarterback on the offensive side of the ball um i think uh, demarco singleton is a guy um that can get them a lot of yardage and make some big plays for them. Uh, Evan Woodard is an interesting player. He, he can kick, uh, but he's also a, a speedy guy back there. He can be shifty. Um, he, he's, he's a good athlete. Larry Smayfield was a great – he had a great season there last year, and it seemed like every pass he caught was for a touchdown. Now, I know that's not the stat, 
but I bet it's pretty close. <laughs> I bet it's pretty yeah, close. You want to talk about like a, every time he caught a pass, it was a touchdown. A red zone threat? Yeah. Yeah, he's the one. He's going to go up and grab that ball. That kid can jump out of the gym. But, yeah, last year, I mean, even that first game they had against Richmond, they I know they had a really bad first half in that game, and everyone's getting like, oh, this, this might be rough. And then you had that game against Madison, that 14-13 game where the offense did not look good, but they did what they needed to do in the last, what, two minutes? They scored, onside kick, trick play, touchdown. Or no, they went for two and got it. Larry Smayfield scored there, and I believe he had the game-sealing interception too in that game. Uh, that, that was a huge win for them because, yes, uh, I did the Richmond game last year uh, for the radio, and they, yeah, it was a brutal first half, but they actually picked it up and played better in the second half of that game and then carried it over uh, into the, the Madison win. But uh, Marysville, um, if they can pick up the momentum from last season, because I think they, they I don't want to say overachieved, because they probably felt all along that they could do what they could do. They surprised a lot of people. But, but yeah, they surprised a lot of people, and that's just uh, being honest about it. Um, so I, I think they can pick up on that momentum, and I think Marysville can be solid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking at the scores, after the Richmond game, they, they shut out south. Like they, they had tough ones against St. Clair and Marine City, but those were their only two losses the rest of the regular season. And those are two really good teams. St. Clair was very senior-heavy last year. And Marine City... If they beat Almont in the first round of the playoffs, maybe they're at Ford Field last year. But besides that, Lons Cruz 36-6, Lamphere 48-12, Hazel Park 49-31, Centerline 49-8. And, I mean, then you draw Orchard Lake St. Mary's in the first round. Which was tough. I was at that game, too. And Orchard Lake St. Mary's, it was like going out there and playing a, a college <laughs> yeah. football team. I mean, they they were stacked. Yeah, so they, they took a tough loss there, but – their schedule this year, I mean, isn't that bad. Starts against Hazel Park, very winnable game. Uh, then they have Madison at Walt Braun Viking Stadium. That's going to be a that's going to be the litmus test. I expect both teams to be one and zero going into that game, and let's see what they can do. Let's see how much they've improved because, like you said, they have weapons coming back from last year, and. I'm sure Derek Meyer feels a lot better in year two. It knows what to expect. Like, he's he's getting used to it now. I expect them to – that might be a very underrated game on our schedule. Then you they play Clintondale at home on a Thursday, go to Fitzgerald, and then Marine City and St. Clair to close out the year at home against Marine City down at East China for the St. Clair game. But that's – there's a lot of 50-50 games in this stretch. I think the Silver is a very tough division this year. I really do. I mean, I think they should beat Hazel Park and Clintondale. I think those would be favorite. And then flip a coin for Madison, Fitzgerald, Marine City, and St. Clair. I yeah. mean, that's... I, th I think that's a, a fair assessment. Um, there's going to be a lot of one-score games, I think, in Marysville's... Uh, results page. Well, I like what they did last year. Again, you can say, well, they beat some weak teams. But they didn't beat them. They blew those teams out. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do Yeah. if you're better than somebody else, and that's what they did. Um, you mentioned that St. Clair game. That'll be interesting uh, in the fact that, that, for me, St. Clair is the team I know the least about in the area right now. Brady. They graduated they are so, young. so many people. Yeah, they sent over the roster to us yesterday, and I was just kind of looking through it, and there weren't a lot of names that jumped out at me as names that, uh, that we've, we've talked about uh, there. I think Matt Buslop is going to be the quarterback. He got very limited snaps at the end of some of their games last year um, because, uh, you know, the, the Saints have been loaded for a few years now, um, and especially in the backfield uh, with guys like Ethan Mon uh, and uh, Ruba was there last year. Ruba was there for a couple of years, but when Mon was there, 
people didn't notice when Ruba went for 150 because yeah. Mon was going for 300. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weren't those the track meet games they had? I believe was it Yale in the playoffs where it was like 67 to 40 or yeah, they they had some crazy 70 games. to 34, yeah, and one. then they beat North Branch 62 to 29 in 2018. Yeah, I, I did that oh. North Branch uh, game, and that was just uh, there were scores on the first like four plays of the game. Mon ran back a kickoff, then North Branch uh, started from the 20 and got an 80-yard touchdown. Then Mon ran back another kickoff, and then North Branch got the ball and scored in like in two plays, and it, w- it was just crazy. Yeah, here are the, 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 the points that St. Clair put up last year. 33-33-24-35-42-56, 10 in their only regular season loss, and that was to the Mariners, 59-62. And then 19 in that loss to Ortonville Brandon in the uh, in the pre district round. And I, I was at that game too. Brandon was a good football team. They they were pretty uh, solid as well. So St. Clair, uh, it, it's real uh, young team, and I really don't know uh, unless there are surprise guys that I don't know about and that we're going to learn about uh, through the next uh, couple of weeks. It might be a struggle there for the Saints this year. Yeah, but then you also don't know how a kid grows and develops. Like, there's probably going to be a bunch of kids that were on JV. Maybe they start to bulk up a little bit. They start to become a varsity football player. Every year there are kids that come out of nowhere because, for whatever reason, they start hitting the weight room more, and they develop into these kids that you go, where was this guy a year ago? And now, and especially at St. Clair, there are positions to be taken. There's going to be competitions for those spots, and that's where you get the best players from. And the other thing we know about St. Clair is they're going to have speed. They yeah. always have speed. I don't know where they get these kids from and why they're so fast, but St. Clair is always fast. They always have team speed. Yeah, the, the only disappointing thing about St. Clair is they are in the gold. They did move up, but it's just – for our sake, it's not a fun conference for them. They're in with East Point, Gross Point, North, which that's shocking to see them in the gold. Roseville, it's St. Clair, Cousineau, and Warren Woods Tower. The closest game there is East Point. That's like, I've always been a big proponent. There needs to be an area league, and I think the St. Clair football team this year just proves why. Like, that's... Now th- this is um, this is a mild response from Brad. I really expected you to go off on this. I mean, I'm going to, <laughs> but, but no, like that's ridiculous. Why? Why is St. Clair in a league with all those schools? Why in a year that you that Marysville would have had to been a non-league game, Marine City should would have had to be a non-league game, and Northern would have had to be a non-league game? That's just no. That's not fun. Well, it, no disrespect to those schools. But I would much rather go to East China to see the Port Huron Northern Huskies, to see the Richmond Blue Devils, to see Cross Lex play St. Clair, than go and see the Warren Woods Tower Titans, which actually that's a bad example because they've played a lot of good games with them. But the East Point Shamrocks. Well, East Point is better now. It's, but it's, it, not... it's not that they're not good. It's just that there's, so, it's, there's better I, options I know that closer. It, it's not a real rivalry, and I get all that. Uh, the MAC has been hit or miss for me. Um, my big complaint a few years ago was we couldn't get Port Huron High into a lot of these local rivalry games. I mean, if you think about other than Port Huron Northern – Port here and High's big rivals have actually become teams like Frazier Warren and Mott. Roseville and Warren Mott when they were, had those battles in the uh, the Mac White. But we had the gold there for a couple of seasons yep. where it was Northern Marysville, Marine City, and St. Clair were all in the gold together, and it just seemed like every week there was a rivalry game. And guess what? It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's that's and I'm sure. Those kids remember that more than they remember a game down at St. Clair Shores, whatever. Back-to-back years, uh, the two of the best games were the uh, Marine City Port Huron Northern uh, games. Yeah. The, the one year it was, uh, I think, a 49-41 score. 
that Marine City won, and then the next year at uh, Northern, the Huskies upset them like 28 to 24. 27 24. That yeah. was 2016. Yeah. And then that uh, that was the year Marine City started off 0 and 4. And then almost, almost made the ran play. the table to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And then the year before, um, Port Huron Northern uh, lost to Marine City forty-one thirteen. Yeah, that was twenty fifteen. But that's just a lot more fun of schedule. Like, all right, for St. Clair's schedule, let's just go back to when they were in the gold. Their league games were Warren Woods Tower, Port Huron Northern, Marine City Lakeshore, Marysville. Their league games this year are Roseville, East Point, Gross Point North, Cousin Owen, Warren Woods Tower. And we are lucky enough to get the crossover with Marysville in week nine. Yeah, it's not a good schedule. Uh, I get it, and, and I get it would be better if we could group all our teams again and uh, in, into one thing, maybe bring back the old scal. We've been pining for the old scal since before you were born, Brady. Yeah. It's not coming back. Well, I'm. that's fine, but I can still say the Mac is dumb and there's not a reason <laughs> to stay in it. Like, okay. We'll we'll talk about this in future podcasts, but there doesn't need like the Mac doesn't need to exist. I know back in the day people were like, Oh, it gets you more exposure, you get to play better teams. Let's just say the five teams we cover come together and make a con a conference, then you pick a sixth team wherever. You don't like if you're a good player, you get found. There's a there's a starting uh linebacker for the uh Cowboys that played eight man football in Idaho. First round draft pick. If you're good enough, they'll find you. That's not an excuse. Guess what? It'll save the school districts money on travel costs. And you'll get more people to come to the games, and more people will buy the popcorn, and the kids will have a better time. And we'll have more fun doing a podcast <laughs> when we're talking about the Portia Northern Huskies playing St. Clair instead of St. Clair playing East Point. All right, let's talk about Marine City because that'll we, put you in a happier mood because there's the, the Mariners are this is, they're fun to talk about. Yeah. And that's one game we've never got that I think would be an absolute classic was Marine City Port here on high. Oh, I would love to see that. I'd love to see that this year. Yeah. And I understand, especially now with the new playoff format where it's actually beneficial for a team to lose to an 0 and 9 or 9 and 0 Division A or Division 1 school than to beat like a Division 4 or 5 that's middle of the road. But that's a that's a matchup I've always wanted to see and never gotten, and yeah, I, I kind of want that. I kind of want to see that happen. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can get that done for you, but we'll see what'll happen. But let's let's start uh, Marine uh, Marine City. Um, we know that they're going to have good athletes. We know that they're going to have speed. But the reason that they get so much out of their good athletes, and the reason they get so much out of their speed, is because these kids are taught the right way to play football by a coaching staff that's absolutely unbelievable. Now, Coach Ron Glodich is retired. Uh, uh, Darren Letson comes in and takes over, and uh, he, he's the smartest man on earth as far as I'm concerned when you look at who is on his coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he has got some real quality coaches at Marine City. You've got – on the offensive side of the ball, Tim Lolito working with your line. Yeah, just an NFL offensive lineman played with the Saints, played with the Lions. Like he's, yeah, he's um can't get much better than that. So that that's the guy that's teaching your kids technique on how to protect your quarterback and open up holes for your speedy running backs. Then you get Brendan Kay. Yeah, collegiate quarterback played at Cincinnati, had a had a short stint with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he knows what he's going to be talking about. And was an amazing quarterback at Marine State City. State champion. Yes. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Coach Frent, uh, they just rave about the schemes that he comes up with mm -hmm. uh, and the things that he do. And now uh, bring back Coach Scarcelli. Yeah. Yeah. Who was a whiz genius defensively all those years that, that he coached there. Yeah. And not that Coach Letson isn't a smart guy, but – he just ha almost has to be a CEO here and make sure that you get all – because there's so much football knowledge on that staff. And not to discredit any of our other coaching staffs, because I know there's a lot of very smart coaches in the area. But Marine City almost has a college-level staff. Like, if that – if they moved and went to, like, a D3 or even a D2, 
I, I don't think they would be out of place. I think they, they would maintain uh, competitive. You always worry about because the school size. Marine City is, is a lot smaller uh, these days uh, than even just uh, probably, uh, say, 10 years ago. Yeah, it uh, says in, in terms 2010 of they were at 776, and now they're at 538. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you worry about that because less kids, you know, you're not marching 80 kids out there like some of those bigger schools can do sometimes uh and if if you've only got 30 40 kids on your roster you know i worry about that going up against those bigger teams but yeah i wouldn't be surprised if marine city if they ever had to do it they'd be competitive uh and and they would be all right Uh, you wrote up on the the board here is when we talk about marine city you've got death taxes and marine city in the playoffs those are the three things you can count on yeah well okay since 1990 (laughs) they've missed the playoffs three times and I, I don't the, – the other two times I was not born and I was one year old. And then the last time it happened, they went four and five and they missed the playoffs because they lost in double overtime to Gross Point North. Yeah, and, and that year snapped a streak. I think it was 32 years or something like that in a row that they'd had winning seasons. Yeah, and it was close to the state record. I don't know if they got it, but I know it was really close. And I believe it was Marysville's record. They were trying to catch. So, yeah, they are going to be legit. I've been throwing stats out at you today. Last year, 2019, through 11 games, points for 456 points against 90. Well, you know. The most points they gave up was 22, and that was their loss to Almont. And, and Almont was – well, they made it all the way to the state championship game last year, and they were a really loaded team as as well. They were they were super strong and hard to defend against. Yeah, um, which you know. Well, you it, mentioned, it, and, and if you look at what Almont did, like if you pull up their stats, Brady, they were scoring sixty and seventy points against teams. Yeah, last Almont. Year. They ran rough shot through the BWAC. Just for reference, since you mentioned it, they scored 553 yeah. points. And they, they, they put it on a few people last year. Um, again, they also played 14 games, but about the same as Marine City. But you want to talk about tough to defend, and you know what? this is where my bias will comes out. It sucked preparing for Marine <laughs> City. It was absolutely brutal. Between the stupid friggin' Starburst play they run on Which kickoff. I love. I love it. Oh, it's I mean, it's worked for them. They scored a touchdown in a state title game with it. But yeah, preparing for that is annoying. And then they have the big old black armbands, the forearm protectors, and they do eighteen hundred fakes and you you have to play extremely assignment sound football. Otherwise, they're going 15, 20 yards down the field. And that's the thing. You can be good on first down, good on second down. You get them to third and five, boom, 15 yards. And I know, I don't know if they still have this play in their playbook, but I remember when we had it. They, you know, linebackers are supposed to read the guards, right? If they pull. Well, they had a play. Each guard would pull to their outside, so the linebackers would follow, and then they just lead a guy up there, boom. Always, they hit it for like four or five touchdowns, I want to say, uh, my senior year, just throughout the year. So they are just impossible to defend against. I was talking with the coach from Warren Fitzgerald today about it. And, uh, yeah, he goes, we, we need to play assignment sound defense. We're going to have to try to use our speed. And, you know, Marine City is another team that always has a few guys that can fly. So Well, I, again, I don't know where they keep coming up with them, but uh... – uh, I'll just go back uh, a few years and mention a few names. Uh, they had uh, Rivard, uh, and then after Rivard, Scarcelli was there. And after Scarcelli, they had, uh, I want to say it was Matheson? Wesley. Yeah, and Wesley. Then there was Matheson, uh, and in recent years it's been Aaron Sof. I mean, they always have these speedy backs that just, they, they hit their holes and – it's it's goodbye. They put it into another gear and they just run by guys, or or they come through the pile and you're like, wait a minute, they were stopped at the line of scrimmage yeah. and then all of a sudden they're through and there's nobody there and bang they're gone. Yeah, and it also helps that they always seem to have the biggest O line in the area, like they just have 
<coughs> excuse me, from tackle to tackle, just just some hogs making those holes, which does make it easier to run through. No, it. Uh, I don't imagine that it uh, really uh, does. I think. I think Marine City's the favorite in the silver. We'll go over their schedule real quick. Open against Fitzgerald. I'll be at that game on Friday night at Clintondale. Hazel Park um, at home. That's their only two home games, which is kind of unfortunate. Then they have to go to Madison. That's a game I wish I could watch. Um, And then at Marysville on the 16th. You know, the schedule being flipped around and stuff was annoying for us. We had to go print new ones, whatever, all the boring behind-the-scenes stuff no one cares about. (laughs) But... We did get Marine City Marysville back on the schedule, and I'm excited for that. And then the final game of the year, it it was supposed to be Notre Dame prep. I believe now it is Southlake. Yeah, we heard uh, that uh, yesterday, and um, the the state hasn't changed that yet. But uh, we have a good source that says that's going to be Southlake and not Notre Dame prep. Yeah, so I think that's another team you're going to count on four or five, maybe six wins. Yeah. I think the having Madison and Marysville back to back is going to be tough. Those are two going to be high intensity league championship style games. Hopefully, if everything goes right for us, we have a de facto Max Silver championship on October 16th. Yeah, but I think uh, going into both of those games, the onus will be on the other teams. Yes, that Marine City will be the the favorite going into that all right so that that covers like the the what we'll call the big five for us the core uh, five, i want to yeah. talk a little bit uh, about the uh, the BWAC, and maybe we'll touch on the gtc east a bit uh, and then uh, we'll get to uh, my my preseason top 10 that uh, brady uh, copped out on and didn't want to do because uh, he, he was too scared uh, but uh, we'll do that in just a second as the uh, Tri-County Stuck on Sports.com podcast continues in just a moment with uh, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. The Frells family calls their land greener pasture, and they maintain it with ease on their John Deere 1 Series tractor. The Frells family runs with us because this is more than just land. It's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a 1 Series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Stop in today to one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, and electrical tools, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that include abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals, and lubricants. It additionally provides conduits, contract hardware, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, tapes, and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell, located at 2975 Pier Road, Port Huron, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey along with uh, Brady Beaton. This is the uh, podcast that we do at GetStuckOnSports.com. And uh, we'll do three of these a week during high school football Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturday mornings. Yep, Tuesday we're going to kind of wrap about everything going on in the high school uh, sports scene. Hopefully we can talk about more than just football. Um, Thursday we're really going to dive deep, preview the games, especially the games we're going to be at. Hopefully Dennis and I can really talk to coaches on both sides and give you a good deep dive into the games we're going to be covering uh, Friday. And then Saturday we're going to record after we do our games that night. We're going to get back, get all the information, and then we're going to be – uh, giving you our instant reactions. 
And you can listen to that before you get your college football fix, before you start your weekend, and put just a nice little bow on the end of your high school football week. Amen. Let's uh, let's talk a little BWAC uh, here. Um, we don't get out to, to do BWAC games, at least not yet. Maybe in the future. My grand vision is that uh, we, we can get this big enough at some point, Brady, where we can have a BWAC guy and add a third stream and have a BWAC game uh, every week. That That would be – my dream for somewhere down the road. Right. But uh, that doesn't mean just because we're not doing BWAC games that we don't love our BWAC football. Um, in fact, uh, Paul Costanzo and I kind of named it the BWACy a few years back because uh, in the past, weird things always seemed to happen. There was always one game in the BWAC that wasn't supposed to end the way that it ended. There was always one big upset that threw everything off, and you'd get three and four teams tying for the league championship. That's kind of changed in, in recent years. Algonac had a run, and now Elmont is just gone off the last few years in the BWAC. They ran the table last year, 7-0. and Richmond was really the only team, I think, that – that even gave them a game. Um, uh, otherwise, yeah. Last year, Richmond thirty to twenty in the in the district, and then before that, twenty eight ten. And the closest other game I think that year was sixty one to twenty. Yeah, they they just steamrolled everybody, and 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 it's not like the BWAC is weak. Richmond, North Branch, Crosslex. Oh, last year, Imlay City was a big surprise. They they. They missed the, the yeah, playoffs on because, a coin flip. Well, you know why. Yeah, we know the story of what happened. A coach canceled their game because if they would have lost, and yeah. Um, yeah, you want to hear a stat about Almont? Do you know when their last BWAC loss was? This is actually their last regular season loss. September 29th, 2017. Yeah. That did. was a 17-7 loss. Since then, they have lost three games. Two to Frankenmuth and one to Catholic Central in the final. It's uh, and the, the, again we talk about these teams that have speed. They've had speed to to burn. Um, maybe their biggest threat in the backfield missed most of last season with a broken foot. Like he missed the first seven or eight weeks of the season, and look at the numbers they were still able to uh, to put up. Um, it, it's uh, unbelievable. Um, I know uh, uh, Cody Poppert, uh, one of their running backs, and he's a great player, and he's not even the, the best guy uh, on that uh, team, and he still was probably pushing 1,000 yards for them last year. So just think about that. Here, here's a kid getting you seven, eight, nine hundred 900 yards, whatever it is, scoring you one or two touchdowns every game, and he's not even your go-to guy. Yeah. He's not your lead option. Yeah, but Almont's just been consistent as consistent can be since 2006, has missed the playoffs one time. That was a 5-4 and four year uh, in 2009. And 2010 onward, 10 straight years of making the playoffs. Hasn't had a losing record since 2005. And that includes, I believe, five seasons of double-digit wins. That's about as consistent as you get. And that's with good teams, like you said, like Richmond, like Croslex. North Branch has been good lately. Yeah, North North Branch can can score. Uh, their question is is when they get up against the better teams, how they stop them. Um, that that's been kind of Bronco football the last two years. A lot of wild, high scoring uh, football games where there's a lot of points put up. Richmond's just the other way around. Richmond likes to to grind it out. They they like to, to keep the scores a little bit lower. Um, they're not as flashy or or flamboyant as some of the uh, other uh, teams but they just get it done year in and year out what a consistent mm -hmm. program they have built at richmond it seems like every year they are six to ten wins uh and, and getting the job done and they're a playoff team yeah. and they're always in the mix for the BWAC title yeah. here they are their one BWAC loss last year that was dalma here are their wins the last uh decade so starting in 2012, seven and four. Then they went nine and two, back to back, uh, ten and two seasons in 14 and 15, eight and two, seven and three, six and four, eight and two. It doesn't get much more consistent than that. And the most points they've given up in that time is 251. So, 
Yeah, they, they just they play good football. Yeah. And then you, you mentioned how they are a very defensive team. Like, here are the numbers the, that Almont put up not against a team named Richmond in the BWAC. 56, 35, 61, 42, 48, 49. The two games against Richmond, 28 and 30. They they have a very solid defensive plan over there in Richmond. Yeah, and then the the, the rest of the BWAC, again, uh, Crosslex, they're probably a little disappointed with the way uh, it turned out for them last year. They, they missed the playoffs. But they had a winning record in the BWAC, and that says something. Uh, about you because when when you think about the the teams above them Almont, Richmond and North Branch won 28 games last year. Those yeah. those three teams went 28 and 6. Almont made it all the way to the state championship uh, game. So for Crosslex to go 4 and 3 in that league, th- that's a pretty good run. They're probably disappointed about the 4 and 5 record overall. We mentioned Emily City. It was a real breakout year for the Emily City Spartans. They won 5 games last season, people. Uh, they might not have had five wins in, in the five or six previous years to that. They uh, had, Their last season with five wins was 2014, and before that was 2004. And they've got a lot of seasons in there of zero, one, and two wins. Yeah. A lot of seasons in there. So uh, the Spartans really turned it around, and again, it was kind of, I'll say it, it was a BS way that they didn't get into the playoffs last year um, and kind of. Uh, and, yeah. They're, and they were a 13-14 loss, a 14-13 loss against Croslex for making the playoffs. Yeah, uh, uh, Armada, Algonac, and and Yale were all kind of down last year. Algonac had such a great run, and then they kind of graduated that group out of there, and then they had some injury issues there, and it's just been uh, a rough couple of seasons for the uh, Muskrats uh, in, in trying to to pick up the glory that they had built up there. Um, for that one little stretch. Um, and Yale's been down for a couple of years now, but that's a program that's got a lot of history, uh, and, and they've had some solid teams in the past, and the, they've been to the playoffs uh, before. So uh, it, it'll be nice uh, when the Bulldogs can get things turned around there. Yeah. No, the BWAC's going to be interesting, especially that they don't get to play everyone this year, which is disappointing. Yeah, well, again, when you're an eight-team league, you've got seven league games, and you're only going to play six games. Right. You, you are going to lose one of your rivals off the schedule. But whoever lost Elmont off the schedule, they're probably pretty happy about this year. Yeah, le- <laughs> yeah. who who did they lose? Elmont plays Algonac, North Branch, Croslex, Armada, Richmond, Emily City. So, Yale, congratulations. Yeah. You don't have to play Elmont. You don't Elmont. have to play Elmont. Um, so, yeah, that's the BWAC. Uh any thoughts on the GTC besides it's Harbor Beach and uh, Marlette's league? Uh, Harbor Beach and Ubley. Ubley, sorry. Uh, the, yeah, the, Ubley. The, 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 we'll look at this. Uh, the Harbor Beach Pirates and the Ubley Bearcats combined to go 20-4 and four last year. They went 11-1 and one in the GTC East, and Ubley's one loss was to Harbor Beach. Yeah. Um, Sandusky uh, had a strong season last year uh, and finished uh, third behind uh, Harbor Beach and Ubley. Brown City and Marlette are, are usually pretty even. Mar- Marlette only won two games last year, but generally the, the Raiders are, are around 500 uh, and fighting for a playoff spot, and, and the same with Brown City. Um, it's been a struggle for Memphis for a while now, uh, and I understand uh, that KPAC is going to shut it down this yeah, year. Yeah, they're not fielding the varsity football team this year, so they're not going to be playing any games. But, no, GTC – I mean, I'm a, you're expecting Harbor Beach or yeah, Ubley. It, it, uh, whoever wins the Harbor Beach-Ubley game is usually the champ in that league unless uh, a Sandusky can come up and, uh, and challenge um, th- those two teams. All right, now let's get to the spot I know you're excited for. Your rankings. I'm excited for everything. Yeah, I know. This has been a great show we, so far. We haven't been able to talk it's, it's football like this, to do this in yeah. a long time, and it just feels right. It feels nice to be able to sit down and talk for an hour about football. Um, so you did your top ten area teams, right? Yeah. So if I understand correctly, it's our core five, then the BWAC, um, the GTC, yep. and Cardinal Mooney, if they have a good season, will be included in there too, correct? Yeah, a- absolutely. Okay. 
So those are so the schools to pick from. Where do you want me to start? You want me to go 10 to 1? 10 or? to 1. Okay. Let's go. So at, at number 10, I'm going to start the season with the Emily City Spartans at number 10. I, I like what they did last year, um, and I, I think that uh, you, you follow up on that momentum, and you also have a chip on your shoulder for mm-hmm. the way your season ended, and you want to prove to people that last year wasn't a fluke. You yeah. want to prove to people that we were a playoff team. Mm-hmm. You're, you know you're, you're going to make the playoffs this year because everybody does, but you want to show people that you earned it. Yeah. Um, so I'll go with Emily City at number 10. At number 9, uh, Sandusky. Um, I, I could have put Harbor Beach or Ubley there, but I'm going to say they're just a little bit out of uh, – out of our range, but uh, Sandusky is a team that I'll put at number nine. I thought that they were solid all last year. They were a playoff uh, team. Uh, I said right from the start that they would be a playoff team, and they did not disappoint me. All right. Um, Who's at, number eight? At number eight, Crosslex. I'm looking for better things from the Pioneers uh, in terms of they went four and five last year. This is a, a proud program. Uh, folks up in Croswell uh, love their Pioneer football and they crave their pioneers to, to be back to that consistent playoff performers and consistent contenders uh, in the uh, the BWAC. Uh, Croslex will be my number eight team. I got St. Clair at number seven. Brady, they're a wild card. I just don't know enough so about much. the Saints, uh, and I'm very interested to see how the first few weeks of the season go for them so I can get a gauge on this very young like I said team. about Northern I expect that team uh their last game against Marysville would be a lot different than their opener Marysville's my number six uh team again this is a team that I think surprised people last year and I think they can continue with the momentum and I, and I think that they have enough uh weapons and enough uh, guns to do it one guy that we really didn't talk about when we talked about the Vikings is uh, Sam Lasher Mm-hmm. Uh, a linebacker, uh, and I know you coached him in basketball. We love this kid. What he lacks in talent, and, and, and on the football field, he's got some talent. Yeah. Um, he makes up for tenfold in energy and excitement. He's a leader. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that will do anything to win. You say, run through the wall, Sam, and he'll keep running at that wall until he does run through it. I love that kid. Uh, you, you give me – you give me 10 Sam Lashers, and, and I think I can win with them. You give me one Sam Lasher, and I think the Marysville Vikings um, can be solid and have a good season, and they're at least my number six team in the area. Richmond's my number five team. The Blue Devils, we just talked about, they're always good. They're mm-hmm. just consistently good. They'll be good again this year. Port Huron Northern has lost a lot, but I believe in Larry Rollins, so they're my number four team right now. You know, that – Maybe not week one, but I think they get there. I think that they can improve enough that they end up being a top five team in this area. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give them that, that um, credit or, or that uh, be just based yeah. on what they've been able to do the last few years. Uh, Port here and High, I've got at number three, but by the end of this, they might be my number one team, Brady. Port here and High at number three, really? I don't think they're going to be lower than three this year either. No. I mean, I don't see a reason why they drop. I think they're going to, like I said, I expect 5-1 and one or somewhere in that range with them. And, and the reason they're number three is because I've got Marine City at number two because they're Marine City. Yeah. And they just consistently win all the damn time. Yeah. And then <laughs> let me take a guess who's number one, the team that beat Marine City last yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Elmont went to the state championship game. They went 13-1. and one. You went through the numbers of what they've done in their league mm-hmm. uh, and, and just what they've done overall. Um, Elmont's number one going into the season, and you have to put them there because of all the teams in the Blue Water area, they were the one that made it to Ford Field last year. Yeah. So <laughs> this has been fun talking football. Isn't it, though? Yes. It's been so long since we can just sit down, talk football, talk about what our local teams are going to do. And I know I can't wait for Friday night. I don't think you can either. We're finally going to have high school football on the air. It's, it's not going to be the same, but it, I know it's just that smell in the air, that little bit of briskness, the, just the, 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 the hitting of the pads. I know the band won't be there, but it'll still be high school football. And I'm ex- and I just cannot wait for it. All right, so uh, join us again Thursday. 
Yep. Uh, when we'll do this all over again. Uh, and uh, real quick, a reminder that the, uh, the live streams start yep. on Friday this week. I'll be at uh, Memorial Stadium, Port Huron High, Frazier. Will be my game. 6.50 is uh, when the uh, stream will uh, start, kick off at 7. And uh, Brady will be at East China Stadium where the Mariners will be taking on uh, Warren Fitzgerald. And, again, 6.50 for Brady on stream two for a 7 o'clock kickoff there. Yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter at G underscore stuck on sports dot or just G underscore stuck on sports. And then we have a Facebook now. It's just get stuck on sports. You can find us there. Um, Yeah, so we hope you join us Friday night. It should be a really fun time. All right, so uh, that puts a wrap on today's edition of the Tri-County StuckOnSports.com podcast with Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton.